Episode 26, Malachili. Hello, you are listening to another episode of Star What the F***. I'm your host, Jason Tagmeyer, along with... Marty Cobb! And our good pal, Alex Strang, is off crying in the corner somewhere. His pet Rancor died. Oh. Sad. It's very depressing. I love that little thing. Cuddles was a very good Rancor. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know about Cuddles, listen, look it up. Or listen to our episode. Listen to our last episode. That's right. This is technically a two-parter here, because today's episode is about... We're picking up right... Mecha Heidi-ho! Malakili. The zombie just came out right there. Uh, we're picking up where our last episode left off. The Rancor died. And uh, now we're going to cry about it. Yep. You may remember Malakili... The Rancor Wrangler, as I'm going to call him. Rancor Keeper? I've seen, I think that one of the toys referred to him as the Rancor Keeper. That, that makes more sense, but I like Rancor Wrangler, because it has that, like, that word alliterative. play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you may remember him mostly from um, the uh, Return of the Jedi. only remember him from... They were, you know, you might have read a book. That's true. He, he was in a book. Um... You may remember him as the weird crying guy after the Rancor dies. He yeah, he's shirtless. He's got a weird, like, headdress thing on. Super sweaty looking. He's super, like, dude. And then busts into tears. It is it is so sad. It really does make you feel bad for the Rancor. It is such a, like, artsy, weird thing that they threw into the movie. Because, like, you, it's almost, like, laughable. I mean, it's entirely laughable. But it's... But, but it's well, you know what? Like, I, like I, why do they go there? Is there's the a question. Quote from, there's a quote from George Lucas, which I love, because it's such a bizarre statement from him. I like the idea that everybody loves someone. And even the worst, most horrible monster you can imagine was loved by his keeper. And the Rancor probably loved his keeper. So, that is a great quote. And it seems like... <laughs> He now, had even, that in his mind, and it was like, we're going to put this in the movie, that everybody loves, so everybody is loved by somebody, everybody loves something. But it's it, just so weird. Like, it it's is, so it hard is. to, like, it's so hard to just get past that. It really is. It it doesn't, it is so bizarre. It's such a weird statement. Like, that's a good statement. It but is. for Star Wars. That's a weird implementation <laughs> of it. it like, like, it would make sense... It's such a, like, literal interpretation of it. Yeah, you know? it feels like... Because like, you could say that statement, like, in, in another movie about, like, the Joker. You know? Yeah. Because you're not referring to a literal monster. You're referring to somebody that you're calling a monster. That's how I... Like, it's a very odd statement. Because the Rancor's a monster, by any stretch of the imagination. And, like, having Malakili, you could have cut Malakili out completely and it wouldn't have changed any part of the scene. Yep. It's just this really, really weird guy who's wearing, like, just a loincloth and some, like, a towel on his head. Yep. And he cries. And he's kind of gross looking. <laughs> he's, it's, it's so awkward. 
So let's talk about Malakili. I always used to call him Malikili or Malakali. Malakili seems right. Malakili seems right. I don't know. I can't tell. It's like. I think I thought that the second A was an I. Yeah, I could see that. Malakili? Yes. Malakali or something like that. Malakali. So a human male. So I thought he was human. I'm just making. I'm glad to hear that I was correct on that. Technically, he's Corellian. (laughs) Malakili was born on Corellia. I believe that's how you say that. Corellia. Uh, It was a planet of the core world's best known for its pirates, its fast ships, and skilled merchants, which is a weird way of putting that. Because that's the planet that Han Solo is from. Yeah. It's got a whole mythos around it. I mean, the Um, three of them, mix the three of them together and you have Han Solo. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Since his most tender childhood. So his childhood was tender. That's good, at least. That's why he cries. (laughs) A young Malachili was fascinated by wild animals and wished he could dedicate his life to taking care of them. He does that. In 32 BBY, the Corellian became involved with Gorgon the Hutts. Circus Horrificus. Whoa, 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 whoa. 32 BBY? That is uh, oh just God. a couple years before, isn't it? I would put him at like 40 years old. That No, he would be 50. 32, the BBY refers to Battle of Yavin. So that's before Battle of Yavin. Okay. So that is 32 years before the event of... I mean, he could have been a child, you know? That's true. I'm just trying to think, like, you want, like I'm wondering how old he is. Now. Yeah, he looks about. He looks like he could be in his early fifties. I guess 50s. so. I just kind of. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That sounds about right. But he became uh, involved with Gorgon the Hutt's Circus Horrificus, which I need to know more about. A traveling menagerie that displayed monstrous cr- creatures throughout the galaxy. So like a it's Gargan, like a hut, by the way. Um, Gargan. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it seems like just like a circus sideshow. Yeah, it was a traveling circus that was very popular around the time of the Clone Wars. Um. The circus included gladiatorial events, which pitted one or more against savage beings against savage creatures. It was overseen by a ringmaster. Uh, the circus was involved in a legal smuggling ring of ack dogs, which was exposed by the Jedi Master Mace Windu and Depa Bilababa. <laughs> did you just make that part of that last one up? <laughs> it sounds like Depa I did. I, you know, I bet he has a ridiculous <laughs> picture, too. Um, while you look for that ridiculous picture... Malakili became the true star oh, of... Oh, disappointing. Oh, is like, it? like an Indian woman with crazy uh. hair. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, now, if you said that name again, it would be a, a racial slur. And, and yeah, no, yeah. If I said it, if I had known... She, <laughs> this sounds really bad if I say it, but if I had known she was like an Indian like style going on there, I probably would have said it differently. But All like that say, says is that the writers... That the creator, super offensive. Yeah, I, the creator just... Yeah. Uh, so aside yeah. from the bloodthirsty creatures themselves, Malakili became the true star of the Circus Horrificus, which is great. I just want to point out that for whatever reason, uh, his boss, who owned the Circus, the Circus Horrificus, was Gargon the Hut. Yeah. Or Gargon the Hut. Gargon. Yeah. Gargon. He was a hut, of course, but he's missing half of his face. Oh. That's a weird thing going on there. Yeah. I, I didn't expect to see that. I, I Kind of neat. That's interesting. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what's going on there, but whatever. Um, But yeah, he was a slave of the hut. He was sold by Circus Horrificus to Jabba. Which is weird. I guess you can sell contracts like that. Yeah. Although his contract file mentioned he was transferred. <laughs> he had been purchased a slave and left with the mercy of Jabba. Uh, so... 
Jabba ordered him to train the Rancor for battle and had a special weapon harness built. Um, which is, all that's pretty neat because I thought he kind of wanted to be there and, and he wasn't forced to be there. Yep, I remember that detail a little bit. Um, I read the book that this is, that he gets a lot of his story from. Uh, it's the Tales from Jabba's Palace. Yep. It is the tale of, um, uh, where is it? Mally Kelly? I'm trying to find it. It's the tale of Mally Kelly, but it's, um, it has a specific name. I think doesn't have his first name. Um, Taster's choice. Taster's choice. That no, that's not it. I think. Man, I have absolute. Oh, here it is. A boy and his monster. Aha. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, the Rancor Keeper's Tale. Um, so from what I remember, he gets sold to Jabba the Hutt, and he's told to raise a Rancor, which he's always wanted to do. Ah, so they didn't have a rancor at Circus. Horrificus. Horrificus. Would you think that would be the first thing you would buy at a place called Circus Horrificus? There's... Is there a scarier Star Wars monster? Than a rancor? Yeah. I guess the Zilla creature's scarier. Well... I will... (laughs) Yeah, that thing's creepy. I will defer to this picture. Uh... Yeah, there's some pretty creepy beasts. Um, I think. But uh, basically, Malakili forms a friendship with this thing, along with, and he forms a sort of friendship with his weird assistant guy. Who's this assistant guy? You see him for a brief second. He comes in actually before what's his name does. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Um, it's his assistant, and his name is Gonar. Uh, Gonar is a pale... Oh, no, that's not Gonar. That's not Gonar at all. It's not Gonar. It's It's Gonar. Giren. Giren, which sounds like a monster from some kind of thing. Uh, From a a Godzilla Creep monster. Uh, He's a Kasadanasa Nikto. I have no idea how you say that. I'm not going to bother. He hoped to one day pit the beast against a crate dragon. So he wanted to f- put Wow. Like, so <laughs> he wanted the uh, the rancor to fight a pit dragon. A kit a crate dragon. dragon. Which we never see in film. He's dead. So I don't think the only one we see is dead. No, I meant the crate dragon. Oh, the crate dragon too, yeah. <laughs> They're both dead. <laughs> um, so this is interesting. So at some point during his time on Tatooine, Malakili killed a mutated womp rat that had taken over a cave owned by Tusken Raiders and got a Gadurfi stick as a gift from them. So, <laughs> of course. what's interesting about that is you see them in the uh, Star Wars Empire at War, Forces of Corruption, uh, as oh an Ewok God, handler. Right. Yeah. They're Ewok handlers, that. and they have the Gadurfi stick, or the Gaffy stick. Yeah, that's uh, so it's, weird. And it's 100% him, same thing, the headdress, the no-shirt, um... They're carrying little bags of of Ewoks. Did we talk about that on another episode? We talked about that on the Kadurfi Stick episode. Oh yeah, you're right. With the Ewok handle is the the most hilarious, insane. Yeah, it's thing. so funny. Non-canon, but insane. <laughs> um, I love that one. Uh, so yeah, he had a Kadurfi Stick, which I find very odd. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's just Tatooine. They have them on Tatooine. But you know what? 
Let's get rid of all that. <laughs> Throw all it all out. Throw it all out. We're gonna we're gonna unget rid of we're gonna get rid of all of that legends material. What do we know about Malakili? We know that we... he loves one thing <laughs> more and Luke takes that away from him. He <laughs> must the avenge the death of the Rancor and see Luke go down. I'm gonna I'm gonna start us early with the with the crazy train, the the ultimate question, if you will. Okay. Now that he is basically no longer existent in the canon, and that doesn't include the guy from the, the from that comic book that looks exactly like him. Yeah. What can we learn about this character? What can we make up and create for the new canon? Oh, okay. Now we can even name him differently if we wanted to, because he's he's not named in any canon material now. He's named on my my action figure. Is he? He might just be a record keeper. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, in, you know, think episode seven, you know, if he was in his 50s then, he'd probably be, like, in his 80s, late 80s, <laughs> um, still trucking around with his little animal fetish. And, uh, <laughs> oh, um, God. You know... I don't know. I mean, I feel like he just crawls into a hole and dies. Like, I feel like he he takes on the traits of an animal. Yeah. Um, and like you, like I saw a thing online the other day. It was like, why don't you ever see like dead pigeons and and like you see thousands of pigeons everywhere, like in the city, but you never see a dead one unless it was like hit by a car or something. Yeah. And the whole reason is because they they crawl into a corner and die alone and quietly. Oh. Sad. And I feel like Mally Killy doesn't leave the Rancor pit. <laughs> <laughs> and well, you know nobody cleaned up after that Rancor. Maybe the Bomar monks did. But Yeah, that's a good question, is cleaning up that Rancor. How do you do that? Well I kinda liken it to um you haven't seen this film, but in Pacific Rim we see a sequence where one of the giant creatures dies. Yeah. And it's in Hong Kong where the film mostly takes place. Uh, the creature, when it dies, uh, like a, a long time ago in the past or whatever, that creature, like, they built around it. Like, there's people living in the skull. Oh, wow. Like, it's built, it's really cool how, what they do, <coughs> but they built, like, around the whole thing because they can't remove any of the bones. There's just nothing you can do about it. So how soon after the Rancor dies do we does, does Jabba die? Pretty quickly. Is that within, like, a probably, day? Probably within a day or two. So chances are that nobody cleaned up that rancor yet. No, no, I mean like chances are nobody ever cleaned up that rancor and it stinks to high heavens in Java's palace. Yeah, cuz the Bomar monks probably did already though. <laughs> oh, you're right. What that would probably only add to the smell. It help the smell. Like yeah. <laughs> the Bomar monks, they don't need to worry about anything. They don't smell it. They don't smell it. Their brains in a jar. <laughs> I, there's a couple of living ones. Um maybe well, we do know actually what happened. <laughs> I find this really funny for them. What's that? What happened to Jabba's palace? Yeah. Well, no. What happened to Jabba's palace is that after Jabba dies, the Bomar monks kind of took over forcefully, in really weird ways. Yeah. Because um, we'll get to it when we do an episode on. Uh, There's a couple things Tuna. I want to know about the you know Jabba's ship going down and all. Like what happened to like Max Rebo? Did we talk about what happened to Max Rebo? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max Rebo. Like continued with his band. Like was he? On, were they on the ship? No, no, okay. they weren't. 
uh, uh, and Drippy McCool left the band. Yeah, you're right. We do know all that. Um, But we do know what happened to Malakili, because uh, thanks to the epilogue at the end of the story, whatever became of in Jabba's palace. So he didn't curl up and just... He didn't curl up and die. Go the way of the buffalo. No, no. Basically, what he had, he has a plan. He had a plan going where him and the Rancor were going to escape Jabba's palace by joining up with uh, a, a Jabba's competitor named Lady Valerian. Who I've who, seen the name around before. Um, I don't know anything about her, but besides, I think this story is really. What does she compete with the Jabba again? Mm-hmm. Like being the slimiest. She's a whippet. Gangster. Okay. Uh, that's. She's not very attractive in this picture. Um, so she, so it's not a beauty contest. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about that. Um, she's not the competitor in a beauty contest. It's, you know what? The only thing we know about it is she was in a story about a wedding. So it's, okay. it's kind of, everything's kind of muddy. But I assume that uh, uh, it's just drug trafficking. Maybe yeah, it's just... Slaves, his... I don't know. Um, but... Uh, Malakili, what he did, so he had this whole plan. When the Rancor died, he gave up on it. He was like, "Well, I'm just gonna leave," because he did. He like even like after Jabba died, he was like, "Well, I'm just gonna walk away." Um, and he rescued. He basically toured around for a while the Jabba's palace, and he rescued a the Jabba the Hutt's cook named Porcellus, who had his own story. Yep. Uh, take called Taster's Choice. Um, and him, they went to Mos Eisley and they started a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's the most surprising. Called the Crystal Moon Restaurant. Okay. Um, I don't think there's really much to say about it, like that we know. But, um, uh, it was, uh, opened up, it was established by the two, um, who used funds stolen from the late crime lord's treasury, so they stole it, all the money to get it. Um, a couple of crime lords, it kind of, kind of became a thing for that. Like, uh, a couple of crime lords lived around, like, went there a lot, so it's like an Italian restaurant. And the mob. It's assuming that all Italian restaurants are mob-heavy. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, Crystal, the Crystal Moon, uh, restaurant now i cannot picture malakili doing anything but being the 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 fry cook in the back yeah what is his role in the restaurant (laughs) i think he's is he just part owner and he just like rakes in the money and he's i can see him being the guy that kind of sits at the table at the front and just kind of does like some of the like like some payroll (laughs) he's just a nice guy he's constantly ordering food he's gotten way fatter since the restaurant opened but personally i'm thinking that he's a fry cook in the back not wearing a shirt the whole time. Yeah, he can't wear a shirt. <laughs> he can't be wearing his shirt. It's really gross when you, as soon as you enter the restaurant. And if you don't like his food, he cries, for sure. <laughs> oh, he's definitely very, he's very sensitive. So, do you know who played Malakili? Uh, I do, but only because I just read it. Okay, so he's uncredited Paul Brook. Yeah. Which is like, he could at least give him some credit for it. But his sobs were provided by Ernie Faselius. So... Paul Brook, I guess, can't cry on camera. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe it was all DDR, DVR did, or um, they didn't think he was sad enough. I don't know, like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's such, still such a weird scene. But uh, so 
he, the same guy, Paul Brook, uh, he played, uh, he was in the Alan Clark Diaries, which was a BBC series. He guest starred in the Doctor Who audio adventure, Year of the Pig, as well as a Mr. Bean episode of the library. So what's really interesting is, he's known for his voice for this Doctor Who episode, but they cut his voice out of Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. He was an auctioneer in Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, this guy hasn't had the most illustrious career, huh? I guess he's still alive. Nothing's showing that he isn't. I mean, he was born in 1944, so it make him 70? 71 this year? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Weird. Some of his other credits are... Uh, Lord Darling in Revolution. PC Ernie in The Lair of the White Worm. Oh, is this... Uh, are, are you on his IMDb page now? <laughs> yeah. Captain Campbell in Lighthouse. Charlie in Saving Grace. So. I like how it's not his most known by isn't Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> because he was uncredited. <laughs> yeah. I like his role in his other uncredited role. He's, he has two uncredited roles. Straight Until Morning, his uncredited role as Uneasy Man. <laughs> you know what, actually, speaking seriously, you know why he probably didn't have a... Any sobs on camera? Who's British? Well, yeah. Was British. that why? No, no. Uh, uh, it was probably because if if you cry on camera, it might be enough to get you a SAG card. <laughs> it might have been required. Well, they didn't want to pay for. They didn't want to give him members. That's actually. That's pretty... He would have had a speaking role, and he would have gotten paid more. Yeah. That's a sad, like, like depressing sort of a extra, but. So, thinking back to the, the toys, I had the toy of, I guess it was called the Rancor Keeper at the time, years and years ago, and I remember his headdress was attached to his head in a very weird way, that, like, it could come off, and he had, like, this just, like, like hole in his head, pretty much, just like a slit where it kind of <laughs> stuck in, but uh, it was, like, a flimsier, like, not a super hard plastic, it was a little rubbery, and I remember mine always fell off. And you just had this... It was even more awkward as this just bald, shirtless guy. This is really awkward looking. I'm looking at them now. A lot of them have Gadurfi sticks. Yeah, I feel like it came with the Gadurfi stick. Like a cup. Like this older one here has a Gadurfi stick. Was it the, uh, the, the early... This one? Yeah, that's the original. The... Like he has a more... Int- like a unique weapon in some of the other like artwork. Oh my god. Whatever this is, is really cool. Like, whatever convention this is. Oh, so somebody's dressed up as... Malakili, but, like, there's, like, a this... massive rancor. That's probably a Star Wars celebration, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's, like, that's just the guy cosplaying as Malakili because he's fat. He's also got that, like, diaper thing on that he wears. He's got, like, a, like a, um, a loincloth of some sort. Yeah. Weird pants. Some really cool figures out there. Yeah. There, there sure are. So, um, last love question. This, love this Lego figure. Oh, it's so cool. Uh, With the little chest hair. He's got chest hair. He's sad. He's so sad. So we need a final question from Malakili. You know, to halt hold, hold you for a second there, I'm just thinking, is there... There has to be a video online somewhere where somebody's interjected a whole bunch of monster deaths and then it just cuts over to Malakili crying. crying. <laughs> I'm sure it's an internet meme out there. There should be another internet meme where it's 
the rancor and then cuts to people crying on film. Yeah. You know, other people crying. There, I mean, if that hasn't been done, then the internet has failed us. Uh, clearly. So, um... What? I don't know. I don't know if I have another question. Well, I'm going to go back to my original post question. Okay. That I post, proposed earlier. If you could change everything, everything, his entire history... Yeah. Nothing about his backstory no longer exists in Star Wars canon. What would you do to his his story at all? What would you change? Would you change anything? Would you make a completely different one? So, like, are we erasing the entire Rancor? Not the Rancor. Okay. We're erasing... Malakili, as far as canon goes, right now, it's just, guy that walks up to Rancor cries. Okay. He's not even technically a Rancor Keeper. He could just be anything. Um... I would, I mean, I would really, like, take an like odd approach to it where you find out that in the past, the Rancor killed his entire family. And it's one of those things where he, he, he believed in forgiveness. And it yeah. was a forgiveness to the point where he, this Rancor was all he had. Yeah. Like, the Rancor killed his family, and then he had nothing and his nothing turned into the Rancor. So when the Rancor died, it was he like once again had nothing. Yeah. He finally felt emotion for the first time in his life. You know, he, he, he didn't feel the emotion like when his family died, but he felt the emotion when the Rancor died. Um, and I would put his story, just going total wild fan fiction, I would have put him at the forefront of the next day's events. Of taking down Java, uh, taking down Java, Java's sail barge. I would have put him, him as almost like, like helping Luke and and them set that up overnight in, in Java's palace. I like that. So he wants to take down Java, uh, like Luke. I guess it, it falls apart because Luke's the one who killed it. But yep. Jabba made him kill it. So if he could forgive the Rancor, he could forgive Luke. Like he's got this weird emotional issue. <laughs> you got something like, obviously really wrong emotional. with him, clearly. Um, and he forgives Luke. They kill Jabba. I don't know. I think mine, my backstory for him in the new canon, would be that he, when he was younger, grew up in a weird, maybe darker environment. Um, you know bad parents that kind of a thing but he himself he taught himself to be very respectful of life he's a vegetarian he's a nice guy he's lovable he loves animals and he kind of fell into this position as like um, this like animal handler because he just has such a love for life and that um he was basically maybe not kidnapped, but like sold or bought into Jabba's thing, and he was told to raise this rancor to be vicious as possible. But like the rancor, he's slowly getting the rancor to be this nice creature. Like like he he's raising like he this rancor is his friend now, and they're they're buddies. Okay. And he's like, we're gonna see this through to the end, buddy. We're gonna we're gonna do it, <laughs> and then. Then the Rancor dies. Yep. And he loses a piece of himself that day. And he takes his Gadurfi stick. <laughs> and he walks away forever. Oh, man. 
Very sad. Then he meets up with Jerby McCool in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a buddy cop from that movie from Maybe he starts a restaurant, but he's the fry cook. He starts a restaurant. <laughs> so your alternate story is he starts a restaurant with Jerby McCool <laughs> instead <laughs> of this other dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Both shirtless. They call it two shirtless men. Uh, Diner. <laughs> is Jimmy McCool a man? Uh, I have no idea. I yeah, I, uh, yeah, sort of ish. Two shirtless men wearing weird bottoms of some sort <laughs> and wearing a wink cloth and Jimmy McCool wearing those little brown shorts. What would you call this restaurant? <laughs> I just call the two shirtless dudes. Drippy. Diner. Dri- uh, uh, Oh, wait, no. Uh, uh, it's going to be something about, like... <laughs> Drippy McCool's vegan <laughs> I would call it, like, <laughs> Droopy McCrybaby of some sort. <laughs> Droopy McKeely. Uh, <laughs> Dreary McCool. You really got to try the vegan uh, chicken wrap, though. It's great. <laughs> Alright. The vegan panther rap, I'm sorry. We love you, Mally Callie. Mally yeah. Killy. We we feel bad for you. Go see a therapist.